Alright, we would roll into what God has in mind for us this evening. I'm aware that, uh, that a number of our uh, members and um, a lot of people will be watching online, of course, because of the situation of traffic and other reasons. And so we want to formally welcome everyone watching online this evening, that the presence of God here today will reach out to you and convert every form of weakness to strength. And everything that is bothering you, that is tiring you, the Lord will give you hope in it in the name of Jesus. That as you connect this evening, heaven will connect with you and give you laughter in the name of Jesus. The joy of the Lord will comfort in your heart in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, let it be. We appreciate everyone joining online. And so you shall be blessed this evening in Jesus' name. Alright, for those of us physically, physically present here, I want you to know that God has extra gift for you today. God has packaged something differently for you. But it will be very important that you receive what God has with the extension of your faith, with the hand of your faith. You will recall that the Bible was very clear by a grand rule that the just shall live by faith. Our existence as believers is determined by the expression of faith in our life. Our reality is not ours. It's not our circumstances. Our reality is the revelation of God that we have. Faith is what determines how we walk on earth. The just we live by faith. So every day we come to God's house. That is why you read it in that Romans that says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. The more you increase faith in you, the more mountains will bow before you. That's what it says. Speaking to this mountain, be that removed. So, mountains, they hear the language of faith. And faith must grow. And so today, one of the things that I'm believing God that would achieve is that your faith level will increase. Your faith level will increase. If you believe it, say amen. And that will come via the teaching and the preaching of God's word this evening. And I believe the Lord has a fantastic banquet. Something to steer our spirit. Something to resuscitate hope in us. Something to give us courage. Something to give us hope. Something to take us further. That is what the word of God will do for us today in the name of Jesus. If you're feeling so tired and discouraged, I know that in the presence of God there is fullness of joy. And his right hand there is pleasure forevermore. You won't go home empty-handed today in the name of Jesus. Whatever that is bothering you in your area of finance, in your area of health, in your area of um, social interaction the hand of God will visit it and you will enjoy supernatural lifting if you are that person say better amen alright I once again want to appreciate our senior pastor for always giving us the opportunity as a vessel um, to deliver the mind of God it is quite a rare one we will not take it for granted and so we celebrate his courage his confidence in us and I believe today he will be glad that he offered us this opportunity in the name of Jesus um uh, I'm not meant to be on duty this evening. It's um, our own very um, another senior pastor in the house, which is Pastor Yomi. But for obvious reasons, he asked me to step in for him. And so I'm going to be enjoying the grace of the senior pastor. And then I'm enjoy the grace of Pastor Yomi, enjoy the grace of Pastor Kola, and then layers of grace upon me this evening. And I can tell you it's going to be explosive. So don't feel like you're few in numbers. Feel like God is with you already. And that is all that matters in the journey of life. And so you'll be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's go straight to um, the banquets of this evening. Uh, and I'm going to have to ask you to please stay with me very closely because I'm going to travel you backward a little, which is from Sunday. I mean, of us were around on Sunday. 
we had an amazing Father's Day. It was electrifying, it was fun-filled, it was soul-lifting, it was energizing, it was prophetic. You know, it was a shift in the realm of the spirit for us. As a matter of fact, that Father's Day was the launch of a new season of lifting and greatness in this house. Uh, And I'm going to be taking a lot of reference from that very encounter with God because I have a knowing in my spirit that for all that happened on Sunday, it is very prophetic to changing somebody's story for good. And everything that we did, it's it's a demonstration of the palpable presence of love. Love was in the house on Sunday. And I can tell you free of charge that if you have to define God, the best way to define God is love. Love was visible in the house. And where love is, the Bible said love covered multitude of sin. Love heals every situation. As a matter of fact, let me say this to you according to 1 Corinthians from, from verse 13. It said where prophecy we fail, love we continue. Love is very powerful. That was what we literally witnessed on, on, on Sunday. And it brought laughter, peace, and joy to the heart of everyone that witnessed it, both physically and online. And therefore, it became quite important to be sensitive that anytime you have such a presence, it is an indication that God is trying to communicate something to us that we are approaching a different season as a corporate body, as a ministry, and as individual. And I, I'm going to prove it to you. If you recall that something funny happened on Sunday, and if you can replay it, you're back in your memory. When the president of the Men's Fellowship stood to deliver his exhortation, you recall that he opened a particular scripture in the book of Hosea. You recall? Hosea chapter 14. And he read it in the message version. Saints of God, while I sat there and I was listening to that book of the Bible that he was reading, it almost dawned on me that I'd never Bible. And when it was reading, let me pause and say this to you. Our Christian walk is as strong as our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Pay attention. I don't know why I'm pausing to say this. Maybe somebody needs to know that if you're feeling like you are disconnected from God, the only thing currently missing is something called relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is real. It's a real identity that interacts and communicates with you at every level of your life. I remember saying this when I was on campus as a pastor. And then one of the students asked me a question. He said, how do I know that the Holy Ghost is still with me? And Holy Spirit, I don't know why you're making me say this because it's completely off my script. He said, how do I know that the Holy Ghost is still with me? And I said to the person, I said there are only two indications. There could be more, but this is the much I know to say to you. I said number one, every time that your conscience is guided by the word of God, then it's an indication that the Holy Ghost is still with you. Her conscience is guided by the word of God. That everything you want to do, you want to say, you want to think, is regulated by the word of God. Then I can tell you free of charge that the Holy Ghost is still at work in your life. If you take away the Holy Ghost from the life of a believer, it's nothing but just an empty intellectual soul moving around. You need the Holy Spirit. So, if we are going to enjoy God's word, you must have established some sort of relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so, I, I, I want to establish that God has something to say to us, but he needs you to open your heart 
to receive it. Because it is in your heart that the origin of what will happen in your life will start. Remember that scripture, as a man will think. That is what I can predict your life from your thinking pattern. As I'm talking, what you are thinking, I can tell you free of charge again, that whatever you are thinking, nobody can change it except by you. And no matter what you are thinking, one day, one day, what you are thinking will happen. Play it back in your mind. God needs our mind. The Holy Ghost helps our mind for God to have access to our mind. And so I just have to flip that through so that somebody here can understand that we are in church. And one of the important things about the presence of God is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Can we rise on our feet in a moment? I feel the Lord wants to break down some walls here this evening. Oh, Every weariness of heart, bow in the name of Jesus. Every tiredness of heart, bow in the name of Jesus. We pray for grace and strength upon every soul and heart listening right now. Holy Spirit divine, touch every heart in the name of Jesus. Let your, heart, your word permeate every heart in the name of Jesus. Break down the tiredness. Break down the fatigue. Break down the weariness. Let joy well from their hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for healing anyone that is, that is so completely, completely wounded and bruised in their heart right now. Heal them wherever they are in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, often at times when we enter this dimension of spiritual expression, it's because what we do here is not a lecture from, a, from an handout. It's with a mindset that somebody's life is connected to every utterances from this pulpit. And God is particular about everybody's destiny. And that's why I can say tonight that allowing the Holy Ghost to touch you somewhere that you think nobody should touch tonight will be all that you need to enter your next level in the name of the Lord Jesus. So while the man of God was reading that scripture in Hosea chapter 14, like I heard it in a very audible voice, the Holy Ghost ministered to me, that's without any clue that I was coming here to teach on Wednesday. He said, listen attentively to everything in Hosea chapter 14. What you are hearing that man read is my letter to you. A written letter to correct every wrong in your life. If you can follow every instruction in Hosea chapter 14 from verse 1 to 9. You and obey it with all your heart. That is all you need to have your life back on track. And then I went back home and read and read. And then just all of a sudden yesterday on, on, Tuesday, on Monday night, Pastor Yomi called to say, I need you to be on duty. I said, now nah, I got it. The Holy Spirit wants us again this evening to revisit that particular scripture. Because if you can just pay attention, I see God bringing out at least a word that will change your life for good in that book of the scripture in the name of Jesus. Alright, tonight I want us to read it. I want us to read it from verse 1 to the very end. And then I will pause and then we go into the body of the message and then we will come back to it. So please pay attention. Where you have O Israel, you can put your name there. O Israel, come back. Hmm. Return in case you are beginning to consider alternative or in case you are getting tired and discouraged or you want to start to feel disconnected from God. O Israel, come back. Return to your God. You are down. You are feeling tired. 
you are feeling helpless. You are feeling despair. You are feeling discouraged. You are feeling clueless. As a matter of fact, you are all the verge of giving up. This letter, this voice came from God to you. You are down, but listen, you are not out yet. You are not out. But do this. Prepare what? Prepare what? Prepare what? Why is that important? Because your popular Psalm 19, I believe from verse 4 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, let them be acceptable before you. Prepare your confession and come back to God. He said, pray to him. Take away your sins. Hmm. Take away the secret sin. The one you do behind the closed door that nobody knows but you and God. Don't be the one responsible for hindering your life. Don't make people call me a liar because they don't see the secret sin you commit. And then my word is not working because of your secret sin. God wrote a letter to all of us on Sunday. Take away your sin. Accept our confession. Receive restitution. Our repentant prayers. Now, the word as serious there is the enemy. So, currently you are feeling that God is not doing enough. It is not because God is not doing enough. An enemy is playing pranks. Assyria won't save you. Whether it's your uncle or your brother or your auntie or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, they can't save you. Your boss, anyone that's giving you a promissory note. Assyria won't save us. Us would not get to us, get us where we want to go. We will never again say our God to something we have made or made up. Uh, I like that line because if you don't know to kneel before God, you will kneel before man. If you don't know to prostrate and say sorry to God, you will say a lot of sorry to men. Hmm. Our God, some, our God to something we made or made up, you are our last hope. Is it not true that in you the orphan finds mercy? He said that we heal their waywardness. I will love them lavishly. Someone say amen. amen. My anger is played out. I will make a fresh start with you. Uh, you know, I told you when I read it, it was a letter to me. And when the Lord said I'll be on duty this evening, I knew now it was a letter to someone here. He said that we make a fresh start with you. You will not remember your past pain and agony again. But please, don't grab the amen and forget that they came with a lot of conditions. Are you following me, saints of God? Because if you abandon everything, you went through all the hassle and the stress of the traffic to be seated here, it's because you came to the construction site of your destiny for God to construct your life. Anything currently in your life that does not fit the picture or the image of God. God is saying, I will give you a fresh start. Forget what they have been calling you. I will start afresh with you. He said, you will burst into bloom like a crocus in the spring. He will pull down deep hawk tree's roots. Let's go on please. We're going to the last verse. 
He will become a forest of hopes. He will become splendid like a giant sequoia. His fragrance like a groove of cedars. Those who live near you will be blessed. Ah. This gave me quantum of hope on Sunday. That everybody around me that I see in affliction, because of what God is said to do in my life, the Lord will make me a fountain of blessings to them. But please, don't just grab the amen. I will repeat it again. Stay also in the condition. There are three conditions that I've observed in that, in that letter. Number one, confess. Number two, avoid all this secret, personal, private. I don't know how you want to tag it. But if you have the Holy Ghost in you, and you are guided by the word of God in your conscience, you will tell when you have heard. You can tell. Don't come and lie to anybody that only God knows who is serving him. Even you, you know who is serving God. So the condition is number one. Maintain a very scriptural confession. Stay away from iniquity. Then keep our confession. There's another line there. Our confession. In other words, say what God is saying to you. Then all this is comes, becomes a reality. Those who live near him will be blessed by him. Be blessed and prosper like gold in green. Everyone will be talking about them. They'll be talking about me. Spreading their fame as the vintage children of God. Let's go further. Ephraim is finished with gods that are no gods. From now on, I am on the one who answers and satisfies. I am, from now on, I am the one who answers and satisfies him. I am like a luxuriant fruit tree. Everything you need. Can you read it aloud with me? Everything you need is what? We all know the definition of everything. What is the meaning of everything? Everything is everything. If God, who told us in scripture, that I honor my word more than my name, if you have problem this evening believing this thing, then you have no business being here. Trust me. If you have problem believing God's word, then I don't know exactly what you are holding on to. This thing that I have read, if the president of Nigeria read it to you, which one would you believe? What you are reading now or what the president is reading? Believe what God is saying. He said, everything you need is what? Found in me. What do you need? If I gave you a pen and a plain sheet of paper to write down all the things you need, do you think whatever you are writing, you are writing, do you think it will panic God? No. No matter what you are writing on a sheet of paper, I need this, I need it. God will not run enter scatter to go and look for it. He has everything. Everything you need is to be found in me. Can we read further? If you want to live well, do you have anybody here who wants to live well? If you want to live well, condition number four, if you want to live well, make sure you understand what? All this. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't write this scripture. I, they read it to me on Sunday. It stayed in my mind and I'm sharing with you today. Everything you need is found in me. Make sure you understand all of this. If you know what is good for you, <laughs> sound like the tone of a father. If you know what is good for you, all this, you are patching life, you are struggling, you are calling it hustling. If you know what is good for you, 
you will learn this inside and out. You know, if you are a Yoruba person here, they will say, I borrow and suffer. I have no intention to waste my time with God. And if I have made up my mind to follow God, then let me follow all his rules and regulation. If you are willing and obedient, then you will enjoy. You cannot be black, white, ash color. No, you got to choose one. If you know what is good for you, you will learn this inside and out. Now, get here. It's a God's path. Get you where you want to go. Right living people walk, walk them easily. Wrong living people are always what? Tripping and stumbling. Does this not sound like a written letter to somebody? That was a letter they sent to me on Sunday. I got it. I don't know if you got yours. And so this evening, I'm going to build the instruction from heaven on this letter. And therefore, I have titled the message this evening or the, the instruction from God towards this evening Roadmap to the Next Level. Let me bring your attention to something you've probably not thought of. Maybe some of you have. That's Next Level Roadmap. Are you aware that every day we wake up, every day that starts like this, every day represents three things. Pay attention to saints of God. Every day that we start like this, and right now in the next few hours, today will be over. What is today's date? 23rd? Is that correct? You know that no matter how much prayer you pray, no matter how much fasting you fast, once today is gone, it will never come back again. So each day that we wake up represents three things. The first thing each day represents is that it draws everybody closer to the end of their journey. Is that correct? That's number one. It is not about being a Christian or being an unbeliever. God does not have a future. Do you think God has a future? God has no future. <laughs> God has no past. God has no present. Because if you say he has a future, that means he's in a time zone. Now you pay attention. This journey of Christianity, if you don't grab it well, I pray that your inability to make sense out of life will not make you leave God and find alternative. But you know what? The word of God is not God's opinion. It's not an opinion. No. The word of God is not a perspective. The word of God is not a view. It's an instruction to leave this earth. Nobody in this room is as old as the Bible. Nobody. Each day represents a closer. And I, can, I mean, a couple of days back, I just barely passed through Opic Plaza. It was just about four hours that I, was, I took someone to the airport. When the incident, I mean, I've heard of the incident that happened around Opic Plaza. A very interesting young man who happens to be somewhere in Omoli there. Just went to buy something in the store there. 10 p.m. You know, ordinarily, anybody would think by 10 p.m., the day is technically over. As a matter of fact, if someone met you around 10 p.m. to pray, the prayer you pray is that, Lord, thank you for today. 
um, tomorrow, you know, you already, you'll be talking tomorrow by 10 p.m. But lo and behold, each day, hand somebody's story. Each day, hand somebody's experience. Each day is somebody's last phone call. Each day is somebody's last dinner or last lunch. Each day represents the close of a journey. Pay attention. Number two thing that is represented each day, each day launches the arrival of another person. True or false? As I am talking right now, a baby say, in one clinic. True or false? The last thing that each day, you know one thing I think, because we live in a very interesting intelligent generation that the way they process statements I asked myself the, the breed of Christians that we have now can they really contend with the way this, the impunity and the madness of immorality that those people out there are, I mean, if you are there, there's a program ongoing right now on TV, DSTV um, they didn't pay me for adverts so I won't mention the name of the program and they call it something union reunion, I mean Saints of God, I was reading the audacity and the effrontery. Now, in my days of growing up, it is men that are very bold about their sexuality. But now I am not living in a reverse age where women can tell you. And every time people like us, you know what? My job here, I'm a custodian of God's hope, I'm a custodian of faith, I'm a custodian of love, I'm a custodian of well behave. I should be. When you are looking for a well-behaved human being, I should be one of the people you will point to. Why? Because I am a child of God. I am not just a child of God, I am a stakeholder in God's kingdom. Because the battle between light and darkness, I am a soldier of light, pushing darkness this way, and they are pushing me this way. And we are pushing and pulling each other. Every day. And you are also a soldier of Christ. Pushing and pulling. So every time we bring you to the barrack like this, this kind of barrack, is to equip you to say God is. So it, it should be very painful that you that you are supposed to be a custodian of power and strength, you are the one that is looking tired and weak. Meanwhile, the people at the other side, they are looking stronger, bolder. In fact, the, their level of temerity is beyond comprehension. So every time I talk, it's not that I want to shout to push in Kamnarasini. It's not, I'm not a shouting person outside this microphone. But what, they, what I see out there, I keep asking, hey, would my sisters in the church, can they survive this temptation? Would my brothers, can they cope with what is going on? Ah, Lord, what is something we need to know to be able to... Each day, the third thing that each day represents, each day represents the continuity of your own journey to fulfillment. So today, today, Somebody is far more fulfilled today than it was yesterday. Yes, somebody is closing today saying, Wow, I made it. Because I can tell you free of charge, a day will come in your life that will cancel every day of sorrow in your life. Now, listen, and I have learned from experience the day you encounter good news, you don't remember the bad days again. It's like it never happened. Now, just in a moment, let me give you a fist, a life example. A true life example. Do you think Minister Leke, now to be ordained as pastor soonest, who waited five years, separated from his wife, barely married like 18 months into marriage, they now separated himself and his wife. And he kept himself together 
Now that he is going to meet his wife, do you think he will remember any of the five years' pain? Now, when he was talking on Sunday, he sounded like, you know, let, let me make him a little. Let me just mimic him. And there were days I was very sad. And my heart was heavy. It is cheap to describe it with words. But in reality of what he went through, he can't capture it in words for us. Let me give you a prophetic word. One day will happen that we have a date. Your goodness will show up and you should forget every years of your pain. Listen to what the scripture say. He said, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion around, it was like a dream. A day will come, your breakthrough will look like a dream. So, those three things happen each day. But I have good news for someone. You are not going until you finish the assignment. Nobody's dying here until we finish our assignment. We will live to grow old in old age. Prepare ourselves to go and meet our Father in heaven. So, all that I have said is that life is a journey. Tomorrow you will be older. Tomorrow you will be a, a day older. Life is a journey. And if life is a journey, you don't have a choice. No, I, I, I know it's almost impossible, except you want to fool yourself to wake up tomorrow morning and say, I won't, I won't wake up. I'll sleep here. I won't wake up. Oops. If you like, don't wake up. The day has started. Every other person will be going. Now, if you are the only one at home, when Nepa come, they will say, there is Brother John sleeping in the house. Please, when they bring the Nepa be, give it to him. Because you refuse to get up from your bed. You don't have a choice but to journey in life. And therefore, looking at the scripture we read and the letter that was sent to us from the Lord, I said to myself, how old are you, Steve? How old are you, Steve? Your journey of life so far, how would you describe it? What do you need to do to make sure that the journey ends well? I know that some of you listening to me, you have at one point retrospected. You have internalized your thoughts and ask yourself that critical question when you are alone. The way this my life is going, it can't continue like this something got to happen and the only place you have run to today is that you have run to the father of life the creator of heaven and earth himself and he has given me a word for you by the time you are going leaving this door your spirit will be steered to know what to do with your life if you believe it say better amen next level roadmap. Our ultimate reward in life, you remember that we are coming from a season of reward. We've been teaching on reward in the past few weeks. Our ultimate reward in life, if I were you, I would write it down. Our ultimate reward in life is our eternal reward in the kingdom of God. Are you aware of that? Now, gather all the money gather all the houses, gather all the cars, marry your wife, have your children. The last moment that you are leaving this planet, everything will be dropped behind. I will not feel competent as your pastor in the place of privilege and grace. That once in a while, we don't draw your attention to the fact that the current source of the burden in your heart, 
the current source of the pain you are going through is some sort of connected to the fact that you are not aware that everything you are currently craving for all these things that is affecting your peace all this money that is not in your account on the project that is not coming through all of these things will end on earth and there is a reward that will supersede every of your race it is called our reward in eternity if I stood here every Sunday or every Wednesday and I never draw your attention to the fact that do you know that after this earth it is appointed for man to die once and after that there is a judgment and that judgment determines the outcome of your entire journey on earth 100 years is not far before God though. or 200 years is nothing before God we must close the subject of reward establishing in your consciousness that when the devil comes around to tell you you don't have money tell him to shut up that money has no significance in eternity if the devil threatens you that you don't have a husband tell him with or without husband it does not count in eternity are you aware that there is no marriage in heaven nobody's going to get to heaven and say where is your husband when the devil threatens you with you don't have a child tell the devil will you shut up your mouth whether with a child or not it does not count in eternity the day you have a glimpse of the benefits and the golden privilege of eternity hurt will be a vanity to you you know like I said someone said he said heaven compared to earth earth is like a stench to heaven earth is like the refuse dump compared to heaven if you have never dreamt and imagined that you have a place in eternity you will remain trapped in the pursuit of the things of this world I studied it personally that one of the things that affected the peace of men is not the love for God is the love for the things of the hurt trust me if you ever met a man looking down or miserable and you draw close to the person and say why are you looking down or miserable the explanation from his lips will be a description of what he does not have on hurt yeah yeah so if i'm going to draw a cutting on the subject of reward it'll be very important that your peace cannot be achieved here on earth until your heart is connected to the things above you can't have peace of mind on this earth now let me ask a very honest how much money is enough for a human being how many children is enough for you for a human being look at it critically everything is nothing but vanity the true journey to peace starts with the revelation of the contents of heaven. He said, let your treasure be in the things that are, that are above. Because someday, one day, you can pursue all this money and it will shock you that you might never get all the money you ever wanted. And then in the process of pursuing it, you could lose your life. He said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul? I have a feeling that the Holy Ghost is doing something very different this evening. Because somebody here needs to go home feeling peace with himself. That no matter what I'm dealing with, heaven's reward is better than earthly reward. So, the ultimate reward is our eternal settlement. The kingdom reward is our ultimate. But whilst we are on earth, everybody seated here, your age journey cannot exceed 150 years. 
And I know that it will be rare for someone to live up to a hundred and fifty years. So, if you are about twenty something years old in this auditorium right now, technically you have about seventy years to enjoy this planet. Are you with me here? Seventy years. Add seventy years to your current age, you would have had more than enough gray hair than my own. Now, between now and you becoming 70 years, how do you live your life yet feeling satisfied? Because there are two categories of people in life. Lazarus was poor, he made heaven. Abraham was rich, he made heaven. The question is, which of the class do you want to belong to? I'm going to belong to Abraham because nothing good comes out of poverty. Oh. Nothing good comes out of poverty. As a matter of fact, if you are poor, if you are poor, somebody can insult God through your life. I'm striking a balance. I've established your eternal reward, but I'm saying that whilst you are on earth here, your fruitfulness will bring glory to God. Your greatness will bring glory to God. As a matter of fact, the gospel is easier to preach when you are more prosperous than being poor. With poverty, you will make almost minimal impact on the life of people. And on our current planet, three things gives a man voice. Number one is integrity. Number two is acquisition of wealth. Wealth is power. Money is defense. If you don't have money, anybody can, will insult you. And so you ask me a question. Does God give men money? Yes! Because we serve a wealthy king. The last thing that can make anybody insult you is that if you are weak. You know, people don't, some people don't have good health. So, if like, have good reputation, have good money, you don't have good health, people will still mesmerize you. So, you ask, of these three things, which one God cannot give? None. So, you are seated this evening, and I'm telling you that your next level roadmap is that it's time for you to begin to retrospect and ask yourself, if I am not productive, I am not profitable. And so I started to say, stagnancy, stagnancy is the enemy of progress. Do you agree with me? Many people today, they are experiencing stagnancy in different departments of life. Some are not experiencing stagnancy in health. There are some of us that were very healthy. It's been a while you visited the hospital, but financially you are stagnant. Stagnancy in relationship with people. Stagnancy on the job. Stagnancy in business. There are three things responsible for stagnancy. Number one, ignorance. For my people perish for lack of knowledge. Number two is what? Ignorance, response for silence. Number two is what? Demonic attack. And number three is what? You can give me number three very quickly. Responsible for stagnancy. There are three fundamental things. Number three, sin. A man that covereth his sin will not what? Prosper. I didn't write it too. If you are going to follow a roadmap, it is believed you are on a journey. If you are on a journey and you are not moving, it means you are stagnant. 
And for the fact that you are stagnant does not mean everybody is stagnant. As you speak, some of your age mates, when you see them, for example, for example, I was watching the, watching the, the so-called um, union thing. And then I took a sample example um, of the ages of the people that were there. The oldest person there was about 29. And I said to myself, Steve, what have you done really with your life? How old are you? If your age does not match your achievements, pay attention. You have been affected by the force of stagnancy somewhere. Some people wrote Waek once in the past. Some people wrote Jam once in the past. Some people had a steady growth life. As in by 24, 30, everything was sorted for them. Is it wrong? Would you desire such? Yes. Where you are, if you don't feel satisfied about it, yet you are struggling, trust me, you desire to be on a journey, but you are not walking the journey because three things are either currently at work. You are not knowledgeable enough. The enemy is affecting you or your sin nature has refused to change. Remember Hosea chapter 14. Everything is coming back to that. I cannot claim and desire to want to enter a journey that I am not ready. If you read Hosea chapter 14, remember that was the line that said, learn from me. Did you see learn there? Meaning, the cure for ignorance is what? Learning. The more you learn, the more you know. Like they say, the more you learn, the more you earn. The cure for ignorance is what? Learning. If you don't know, you don't know. And the only way to know is to learn. The next level roadmap. I cannot tell you, let's go on a journey if you don't cure the power of stagnancy. And I say to you today in the name of Jesus, whatever has held you down, that has just completely made up their mind by covenants, that you will not move forward. In this service, the Lord will break their hold over you. Seen people stagnant with my two eyes. We left them, we came back to meet them where we left them. I had a personal experience with my wife. I said, Active, how is it possible for a man to live in the same house for 10 years? Two things would be wrong. Number one, it means you didn't grow in assets. It means you didn't grow. Because if you grew in assets, let's say for instance, you entered the house with one car. And then by reason of divine blessings, the Lord blessed you with four cars. Do you think, what do you think will happen in the compound? Two things will happen. Number one, the landlord will increase the rent. Number two, your neighbors will become uncomfortable. They will push you out. So if you stayed in a house for 10 years, two things. Number one, you didn't grow in assets. It either means your shoes, when you entered, they were four pairs. All you did was you were repeating the four pairs. You know, one spoil. I repeat it. That is not growth. Too. That is not growth. 
Until the shoe is worn out, you don't buy another one. <laughs> Until the dress is done, you don't. So the size of your wardrobe remained the same. I'm hoping to see your heart that you're not being productive. Is giving God and everybody around you a little headache. He said he will, and those around you will be blessed. We read it there. And so I told my wife, 10 years in this house, it's not hard enough. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Because a man is stagnant for three reasons. Number one is what? Ignorance. Number two is what? Demonic attack. Number three is what? Sin. So every day I check the box. If you are in one spot for too long, you don't know what next to do. That's why you are there. I said, it's time to move out of this house. He said, but where's the money? I said, if you have ever followed God, I have followed God since age, 20, age, age 16. If you ever followed God and God gives you a project, the money part is the last thing you should consider. The real thing you should first consider is the project. Get out of this house. And you know what she did? We lived in what we call a medium housing estate. In the medium housing estate, there's another estate called low cost estate. No low cost. And she said, I have found a place. She came back one day and told me she's found a place. I said, What's well, this? She said, Low cost. Sir, I have always imagined that the worst thing to stagnancy, that stagnancy is the worst thing in life. Until I realized that there's something else that is called that is worse than stagnancy. It's called backwardness. Retrogression. You would not know because when you are stagnant, it can be very frustrating and and very painful. Every little boy will grow up and meet you and insult you. Have you heard some? Have you seen some children? I am opportunity to go and do baby dedication in this church. Some of the children we dedicated now they are grown. They only remind me that I am old. So being stagnant is enough frustration. Everything and everyone is moving. You are the only one. And then and I realize that there is something else worse than stagnancy. Otuakpada saying. Ha! Not as a covenant child. When I told you God wrote me a letter, maybe it's not your letter. That's why I'm, I'm talking like this. And she said she found a place in low cost. And you know one thing I realized about the devil? The devil will never force anything on any, anybody. He only plays with the law of offer and acceptance. He will offer you. But if your reality is not based on revelation, but on your situation, you will accept the offer. I have seen believers. Well said, let's take it. You know, let's face our reality. Ha! Huh. That reality is rooted in the circumstances you are currently going through. But a real believer, his reality will be based on the revelation of God. What is God saying on this matter? And I told her, I said, how much is the low cost? She gave the figure. I said, even if I'm not a Christian, God, even if I've never met Jesus in my life, the last thing I will ever attempt to do is to go backward. Because my mother used to say something about the dog that made me eat dog of all animal. The dog is the only, only animal that has the power to vomit and go and eat it. I said, me? I can't be a dog. He said, eh, but we must face reality of our budget. A child of God drawing budget for God to meet... God is not under obligation to meet your wants. God is under obligation to meet your needs. There are three fundamental needs in life. Food, clothes, and shelter. 
the day a child of God is having problem with those three things, then those three things responsible for stagnancy is at work in your life. Either ignorance, demonic attack, or sin. He said the boss of the air, they don't sow. They don't drink. Yes, it gives them food. You, you are higher than the boss of the air. And as a child of God, the last thing you ever complain that you don't have in your life, food, clothes, the day you find yourself on that matter, quick, I will show you how to get into the journey as we go on this journey. So I told her this cannot work. This is anti-covenant. I said, go forward. What he told Abraham is that as far as your eye can see, not the size of your pockets, it's the size of your eyes. Can we please give? Now, because I read a letter on Sunday, I want somebody to walk out of that door and go and say, I have accepted a lot of nonsense. And I will give you prescription. Because the truth is, until you are an authority yourself, the enemy will continue to intimidate you. And not in this church. Not under the watch of the man of God. Hallelujah. What support what Pastor Steve has been trying to tell us is that God is about moving forward. Yes. The first thing he told Abraham when they got to the Red Sea, Moses, Moses, sorry, yeah. was move forward. Move forward. With every challenge, the Red Sea in the front, the Egyptians behind, it was all about moving forward. Then talking about Abraham, the Lord told him, he said, take your eyes from where you are. Mm-hmm. That means do not look at everything around you. Everything around you. Do not look at it. He said, take your eyes from where you are. Look to the north, east, south, and west. Absolutely. And that whatever your eyes see, I give to you and your descendants. So you must look forward. And you must see. And that thing that you see is God will support and work with you with. Absolutely. The Lord. I'm sure we can do better. Now, here is secret here. Here is secret here. God will never show you what he cannot offer you. No. He will never. Because he's not a God who likes to play with your emotions. If God shows you a Bentley car and you saw it, believe me, he can provide it. And today, lo and behold, we didn't go to low cost. We moved to... My children got to the new house. You know, one of the very good ways to earn the respect of your children is if you exceed their expectations. They got to the new house. And before I showed up, they had divided the rooms because where they were coming from, they were sharing rooms. Now, they have rooms to themselves. And they were labeling it, this is my room. I didn't know they were that organized until they entered their own separate rooms. Meanwhile, if we had gone to the low cost, they would not just have shared room, they'll have been sharing space with all manner of people. Now they have a garden where they sit down and swing. Because one of the best ways to improve the lot of your children is to take them to where you were never at their age. Saints of God, the message is very clear. Shake away all this nonsense. That the enemy is offering. And learn that there is a strategy for this next level. I bring you 
After the meeting on Sunday, I saw everybody in a state of excitement. They were eating, they were drinking, they were eating cake and all sorts. And we came back from pastor's meeting and I sat over there and I was watching. I said, if Jesus were to enter here, what would be going through his mind? And he brought two scriptures to my head. The first one. Check it in 1 Corinthians. If you have a Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter seven, chapter 10 verse 7. He brought two scriptures to my head. And I will leave those two scriptures with you and ask yourself a question. Which one do you want to do? 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at it. Do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people what? Sat down to eat and drink and did what? I can bet you the encounter of, of Sunday. By this time next Sunday, some people have forgotten. Symbolically, they gave me a crown on Sunday. I mean, if you saw the crown on my head, I don't know if somebody, anybody received his own crown. Symbolically, by prophetic instruction, they gave me a cap. Say, now you are being reinstated as a king. No, there is nothing that makes sense to a man who cannot provide for his household. In fact, the joke I usually say is that how can a man who does not have means of providing for his household go after a woman? You, you are not entitled to open your mouth and toast a woman if you can't take care of yourself. It is wrong. It's in the scripture. So, as a king, now, let me tell the men, you didn't beg God to make you a man. It wasn't a special request that Lord make me man. So, if God made you a man, he will not see you useless. He would ensure he provide everything that a man needs to take care of his wife. And when you are under satanic attack, one of the things the enemy likes to steal from men is what we call Ogoon, their glory. And on Sunday, God reinstated the glory of many men. But he said, after they did that, did they rise up and play? I did not rise up and play. What I'm saying to you right now is a product of continuous meditation after Sunday. Look at the second thing that they did. Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. So, it's not you will rise up after this meeting and play. Or, you will follow us in Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. Luke 24. It's another set of people who sat down and eat. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with, it, with them came, I'm reading from verse um, 41. 41. Please give me 41. We're going to read 41, 42, 43, and 49. 41. But while they were... But while they still did not believe for joy, and marveled and said to them, Have you any food? Again, here. Give me 42 now. So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. Now give me 43. And he took it and ate in their presence. Now, can you give me the 44 before 49? Give me the 44. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. So now give me 49. Give me 49. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But do what? Tarry where? 
when why because the next level road map requires the provision of what power hmm. power some left on sunday to go and play i left to go and think and i'm tired what is the benefits what is what are the symptoms of stagnancy number one you will stumble through. let me tell you how i phrase this how do you know you are going through stagnancy situation number one you will observe that you commit a lot of mistakes yeah in that Hosea chapter 14 he said they stumble you will just realize that if there are two things to choose from you are naturally prone to choose the wrong one with, without even thinking. Because every time you make a mistake, meaning you are repeating the class, you are staying in one position. Are you following me? So, if you are going to be taking a prayer point tonight from what I've said, everything at work in me that is making me do mistake, Lord put an end to it. Because that's one of the symptoms of stagnancy. Number two, you would observe this to know that you are going through a stagnant situation you would observe that you will be repeating the same thing over and over again. What you did last year, you are doing this year again. What you did the year before, you are doing it again. You are repeating the same thing. They call it monologue. They call it uh, it's becoming monotonous. They call it all kinds of English. You are repeating events. The way your last relationship ended is the way this one to end it. What that one said. You are, you are hearing a lot of similar things. Don't let ignorance catch up with you. It's a sign that the spirit of stagnancy around. What is the third symptom you will know? You will just be too comfortable where you are. I have a brother-in-law who have lived in a face me and face you apartment for 32 years. Listen to me. Oh, listen to this. Then one day he came to visit us and I said, but why are you still living in the house? He said, ah, me like we go traffic ileki. I don't like the traffic of Ajao. I don't like the traffic of uh, VI. I don't like. Do you know what that means? That man looked at his environment by reason of natural sense of complacency. You know what complacency is? He has developed familiarity and and it's just comfortable that Baba Lakpalitakweja is there. I don't need to go and you are comfortable in your comfort zone for too long who told you you can't attempt something new you have never done in your life for example if I told you Rose go and collect the form and fill for US embassy the first natural instinct that can quell out of your heart will be the first symptom either stagnancy at work or not some people will hear it and jump yeah let me go some, some people will say ah but who will invite me to U.S.? Mental blockage. What is the benefit of willingness to move forward? The benefit of willingness to move forward. Number one, when you decide in your heart to say it's time to move to the next level, you will be obeying a scripture in First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter three, verse eighteen. Every time you make up your mind that I need to do something new, what you have said invariably 
is that I need, I need a new expression of glory. What's in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3.18? He said, but we all, with what? Unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, like we are, the mirror now is the word of God. Beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into what? The same image from where? Glory to glory. I just woke up about three months ago and I said I want a new glorious look. And uh, what did I do? I left my beards. And for a long time, some people didn't recognize me. You know, there are some people, once they are coming from a distance, because they are wearing one particular shirt, you don't need to know their face again. Ah, uh, John Lombard. You, you Unconsciously, you just describe them by that shirt. Even when blind Bartimaeus saw, got in sight, they still called him blind Bartimaeus. If you don't change, glory is a component of three things. Write it down. Number one, something new must happen. Two, you must be orderly. Three, you must be neat. That is glory. Ah. Three components of glory. Do something new. Let somebody say, ah, I'm not seeing this, this shoe on you. So you have been watching my shoe. Two, be very orderly. Three, you must be neat. That is glory. And the ways to achieve glory is to have an inner desire to do something new. You must have a growth mindset. You must have an innovation mindset. You must be willing to move forward. Okay, I've never met a very successful man that they didn't push him out to go and succeed. Usually, somebody will frustrate you to your success. Another benefit of the next level is that you are able to fulfill all the God-ordained promises for your life. When you desire to enter the next level, you fulfill the God-ordained promises for your life. I know that somebody is seated here. You have not scratched one-tenth of what God said concerning your life. And one of the reasons is that you have not stayed with companion of similar minds. Some few years back when I had challenges with my business, the first set of people I took out of my life were friends that were flocking together. The truth is, if you are keeping friends who have not made progressive impact in your life for 20 years, something is wrong with you. Change them. There are people, let me ask you a question. If you were to choose either living with the poor or live with the rich, which one would you choose? Can I tell you, he will live with the rich, will receive insults, but will not stay poor. But he will live with the poor, will receive friendship and compliments, but will remain there. If you stay with the rich, they will insult you, but their insults will provoke you for a change of story. Next level. Let me give us three things that you can do as a roadmap to the next level. Number one, between January until date, these are practical suggestions that I apply. If you have never taken time out for personal retreats, then I'm not sure you're on a journey. Cut me anywhere. Jesus, who is the Lord himself, after going out from morning till night, one week, he will not, he will not read the scripture and he withdrew to himself. When you withdraw to yourself, what do you do to yourself? 
There are three things you do. You review how far you have come. <laughs> you review how far you have come. Number two, you ask yourself, what are the most terrible things I have done that requires changes? Number three, you ask yourself, what is the new thing I should do? And then you know you're approaching the next level. Retreat is critical. From Sunday to date, if you didn't show up in this service, you could be you could be burnt out before next Sunday. So on Wednesday, we come to do what we call refilling, reinforcement, recharging. That's exactly what even normal corporate organization, once in a year, they withdraw to go and do retreats. How much more a whole human being? And you want to experience a next level you need to step aside from the crowd to do retreat is not expensive is it no people do retreats in some friend's house people do retreats far away to go and pray they call it mountain thing if nobody is telling you this truth in your journey in life you will go with the joneses retreats is a critical component to reevaluate and re-strategize Number one, roadmap for the next level is retreats. Please, the noise around you is too much. You can't even hear anything again. The complaints around you is blocking your ear. Step away from the crowd and ask God for the next direction. Honestly, there is no problem in life that if you can take it to God in silent voice that he won't give you solution to. Your spirit is in the east for solution. But you don't have the patience to be calm. He said, be still and you will know that I am God. How do you become still if not in the place that is what? Quiet. There's so much noise around now. Everywhere, social media noise. If you picked up your phone, some people wake up and the first thing is the phone. Retreat. This is middle of the year. Habakkuk 3, 4. He said, oh God, in the middle of the year, let there be revival. I didn't write it in scripture in the middle of the year, let there be revival. By the time we are entering July, it will be exact middle of the year. Remember when you started January? Lord, you will do this. By July, half of the year is gone. And I'm telling you right now, sitting here in this auditorium, can you please find time out, even if it's three days, to go and retreat. You will come back a stronger and better person. Hmm. I don't know if somebody's listening here. Number two. That you need to apply on this roadmap apart from retreat. Retreat is critical number one. Number two, you won't believe it, but try it. Can you try something new from what you are doing currently? Now, I'm going to share this with my pastor here because I'm about to close now. One minute past my time. My business happens to be lending. And um, the economy is not favorable for lending again. At all. Because if you borrow, the person really wants to pay, but he doesn't have means to pay. So what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to be jobless? And so in the place of retreat, I said to think, ah, what else can I do? What else can I do? It's just done on me that, ah, <laughs> maybe you like to build things. Why don't you go and take a course in project management? And lo and behold, 
with online now, there's so many things you can do without having to enter a class. And you took a little certificate in project management. You know something very funny about God? If you don't initiate the first move of obedience, you won't open the next door of instruction. So as I took that initiation, I met a friend, a very elderly man, who's, who works with government. I said, I've been pursuing this contract from government. Steve, come here. Can you do, can you do the run around for me? I said, what does run around mean? Can you be going to that, those people and be telling them, you know, going to government people, they are very funny. You must be patient. You must be generous with your laughter. You can't afford to frown, you know. So I said, why not? But I told him that if I go do this run around and they eventually give you the business, would you hand it over to me? And he said, you, do you have any experience? I said, yes, I have experience. <laughs> you know, the experience is from online. He said, let's go and try it. Because the way God works is, you do what man can do. Let God do what God can do. And that's why, because they don't understand it in the Bible, they wrote, do your best, leave the rest. And today, today, hey, how many coach of block have you put there? <laughs> A project manager. Try something new. God might just be waiting for you for that new move. My staff that we used to work together, the business was not forthcoming. And she too, she was wondering, I could not sack her, no salary. I said, take out time and retreat. And she came back and said, I think I like to wear clothes. I can be selling clothes. Let's go and find out where they carry bail. You know bail? Anybody know bail here? Bail. Off record. And today, the rest is history. Do you know how long you have kept God, God waiting for you? to do something to bless number one retreat number two try something new the final one on this road map and I close find a man of God you love and that you can submit to find what that you love and that you can submit to. I love my pastor a lot. I'm sensitive to instruction. My pastor does not know anything about my business and he doesn't need to know. All I need to do is love him and be loyal. Whether he's thinking of me or not, every time he opens his mouth to talk, he will say something that would affect me. And he has demonstrated it severally. And this is my journey to the next level. Sense of God. If you came here this evening and nothing has touched your life, it should not be my fault. It was simply because your mind is closed. And you remember, Jesus said, I am standing at the door. He will never break down any door because he's not a thief. It's until you open, then he can come in. Stagnancy is a bad experience. God desires that you make progress and be fruitful. And this will be my closing scripture. John chapter 15 from verse 2. It's 7.35. Closing scripture. John 15 verse 2. Look at it. It's referring to you, not me. The idea of the word is not man-made, it's God-made. 
branch in me. Put your name there. Put your name where you have branch. Every branch in me that does not what? What happens to him? Do you know what that takes away means? It means two things. The first one is he can call you home. Hmm. When you have shown yourself to be earthly useless, they will give you another job in heaven. Come and become heavenly relevant. So we have believers who can go before their time because of the problem of not bearing fruit. It takes away. Look at the next thing he now said. Every branch there bears what? It does what? Are you being pruned tonight? Yes. That it may do what? Someone will bear more fruit in this service. I need you to go back home and tell yourself a holy home truth. I said, this is end of June. It's time to retreat. He's trying to think out of the box. In fact, the way they say it, think like there is no box. Then look for a man of God, particularly I will say to your senior pastor, that you respect and you be loyal to. Why? Believe in God. You will be established. Believe his prophet. You will prosper. If you don't believe all I've said, John 15 2 told you, if you are not fruitful in any department of your life, even God is not impressed. That, that not bearing fruit can mean many things. can mean soul winning. It can mean your personal life. Are you not tired of saying, Lord, forgive me, forgive me? When would you say, Lord, I thank you? I used to tell a young lady when I was a campus pastor, because you come and meet me, pastor, I've sinned again. Please pray that God will forgive me. And we pray. God will forgive me. We pray. we pray. As campus pastor, you know, we pray. So one day I say, come, come here. Are you not tired of coming to say, forgive me, forgive me? When would you come and tell me, Lord, thank you, Lord? Not knowing that all the prayer we have been praying, nothing entered her head until that last statement. So now, when she wants to do something wrong, she says, am I not tired of saying, forgive me, forgive me? You know what, as I speak now, she's, she's settled in UK, saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Are you not tired of saying, Lord, forgive me? It's time to say, Lord, thank you. If you have been blessed tonight, can I hear Amen. Have you been blessed tonight? Can I hear a better amen?